Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We are continuing live, and uh, we're here on Radio Row inside the L.A. Convention Center and uh, getting you ready for Super Bowl 56, and it's been just great. And we just had Joe Theismann sit down with us a little while ago and hang out. We've heard from Mike Golick. Uh, we've heard people that Mark uh, Patterson, who climbed the seven summits of the world. We're getting all kinds of people that are sitting down with us. And now former Bears quarterback Eric Kramer is here. How you been? I've been fantastic. People Thank say you. Eric Kramer, former Bears. That's where they, they, they know it in the, sure, the realm sure. in which we broadcast. So <laughs> how you been doing? I've been fantastic. Thank you. I actually started coaching high school football and uh, nearby where I live at Camarillo High School. And uh, I've only been there maybe two, three weeks, but it's been going good. Yep. Good. Uh, when, when, when you play pro football and then you try to coach kids, mm-hmm. easier or tougher? You just have to. It's like anything else. Once you learn how to do it, then you do it. Right. And so it's, it, there's really no correlation into what you know and what you can teach. Right. I learned because Clay, Clay Matthews, the dad of the Browns, Clay Matthews, uh, is a neighbor of mine, and back when my kids were in youth football, I knew football. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to coach kids in youth football or sure. dads to coach kids in youth football. So Clay taught me how to do all that. Okay. What, what, was, <laughs> what was Clay's motive operandi, so to speak, when it came to coaching kids? Because I, I you picture Clay as this big, tough, mm-hmm. grumbly, mm-hmm. almost Lombardi-esque, do it my way, hit the hill, go yeah. run, she, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. That couldn't be further from the truth of who he is. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a very well-thought-out guy, and basically it comes down to one term, drill progression. Mm-hmm. So you start out today doing this. For 10 minutes. Yeah. Tomorrow you do the same thing for 10 minutes. Then you might add the next part to that. And so it just goes on and on and on and on. And pretty soon we went from not winning a game or scoring a touchdown. Oh, we scored one touchdown the first year. And then the next year we got to be beating all the same teams. And then the next year it was hard to lose. Really? So we got the same kids back. And eventually, because of Clay, we were running over under zone blitz and basically USC's defense. Wow. And at 10, 11, 12 years old. So does that mean you're now considering coaching the Bears? Because they, <laughs> they kind of need it. <laughs> well, they got a new one now. So let's see how that goes at first. But, you know, I'm, I'm really got my – I like working with young kids, you know. Yeah. And I ran a uh, – for about 10 years, um, I ran a nice little quarterback receiver camp. It first started with uh, Ryan Wetnight, who was a former teammate with the Bears, and then with Curtis Conway, who was also a former teammate. And uh, we, we grew that into something pretty cool. Yeah. And so working with young players that started out as high school kids and grew quite a bit, and then I was getting contacted by agents to help get their quarterbacks ready for the combine and then eventually worked with a couple former Cincinnati quarterbacks who you would know yeah. with uh, Karsten and Jordan Palmer. Oh, sure. And so um, anyway, so that developed into – so coaching that is fun for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think about the Bears' records, and correct me if I'm wrong, you still hold the passing yardage record for the, for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's below 4,000 That's what yards, I was going to say. And unfortunately, it's below 30 touchdowns. But uh, that should be right. broken sometimes, too. I, that's what I'm saying. In today's day and age where you're seeing quarterbacks regularly now go over 4,000 yards, mm-hmm. w- when you think about that, what does that say, either that yeah, – is that an indictment of the quarterback play, injuries, or they just haven't been that good. 
I think the combination, combination of all. So if you think back to how great this greatest show on turf was, yeah. and who ran that offense, who coached that offense right. was Mike Martz. Mm-hmm. Mike Martz came to the Bears right. and had Jay Cutler. Yeah. I think they just had the wrong guy playing. Couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And they've never had a Bill Walsh. They've never had a Mike Shanahan. They've never had that. So yeah. if you get that and start with that direction first and buy and the ownership has to kind of get out of the way of that or support it one of the two not be in the way of it what has been in your what what has been in your guesstimation because the bears since 85 they live off of 85 right you know mm-hmm. so what has been the biggest stumbling block you can it's easy to say Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers sure. it's easy sure. but Teams have beat them. Yeah. You know, others have won the division. What has been the Bears' biggest stumbling block? Well, let's go back to the Packers. They've had one system throughout. Pretty much. Forget the two quarterbacks. They've had Holmgren's system throughout. You can't watch the NFL anymore and not watch that system. So it was Holmgren. On that staff, when he was there, was Andy Reid, John Gruden. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's the Mariucci was there? I mean, you can go through the whole list. That's all West Coast offense people. Yeah. And and Mike McCarthy. That's all them. So it was one throughout. They drafted players to fit that system and so on. And so it was it was supported by upper management and away they went. Yeah. The Bears haven't had that combination of any of that. Not from the leadership at the top, not from the coaching staff. Or the, the head coach. Yeah. And so they haven't drafted that way. And so you tell me when an Aaron Rodgers has come along right. or Brett Favre has come along. Yeah. They, they haven't. Not in the Bears organization. I mean, yeah, not in the Bears organization. Do you like Justin Fields and what, he, yeah, yeah. what he brings to the table? Yeah. So there was a, a, a – what I didn't expect to see was actually what I saw in the preseason. I went to a preseason game, the first one against Miami. And – he, he, he got to play quite a bit that game. Mm-hmm. And he could throw accurately with anticipation, which I didn't see him do in college. No, I, I agree with you. It, but he developed that. And so he's on his way to doing that. What held him up was I got to see some uh, actual coaches tape on a podcast I was on, um, seeing how their coaching, not, this had nothing to do with the players. They were being coached incorrectly on details, just obvious details, mm-hmm. that they were coached on those details from the beginning until the end. So maybe with this new coaching staff, that'll help change things. When when you get into the details, and this is where I find it fascinating, because what fans don't see, they just see a play, they follow the ball, yeah, completed, intercepted, incomplete, or, you know, it just falls short of picking up a sure. first down. What they don't see is inside or outside, where the hole is going to develop, mm-hmm. the zone where the receiver needs to sit rather yeah. than continuing downfield. Right. People don't get a chance to really understand all of that. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about the defense, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes. So without – I'm going to assume that the people that we're talking to right now know what a basic cover two is because mm-hmm. they talk about every right. Sunday game, Monday sure. night football, whatever. So if you've got a tight end, in this case Cole Komet, if he's going down the middle of the seam, what you'd like to do is have him start out wide and then save the middle mm-hmm. for the quarterback to pull him in. 
Right. Not have him run down the middle and draw the coverage. Get his own headache. Right. Like he would be responsible for his own headache. Right. But it wouldn't be him. It would be the coach that made it that hat. Yeah. So coach that way. They had on defense, they had a three technique, who I forget who it was, and they had um, Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on defense, I know this from Clay Matthews and coaching. Right, right. Every gap is accounted for. Well, you got the three technique who's the, the, the guard that's lined up inside of him is stepping outside to reach block him. So without that's that that gap is owned by the tackle. Right. Instead he dips inside. Roquan Smith dips inside. Gash hole. Mm-hmm. Where if you just play fundamental football, that's a no yeah. game. Right. So to your point, they they were undercoached. Wow. It's it's I, I watch the all twenty two Packers wise most of the time and, and you see things like that every now and then you'll see a player go, Okay, I he either made a mistake, go see if he does it again, similar play. And usually if he does it, then you know he just made a mistake. But when you see that consistently, you think, is that the way they're actually being taught to play? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes uh, the head coach and the trickle-down effect can be a massive, massive impact. Um, well, so what do you got going on? I wanted to ask you this because yeah. I know we only got a couple minutes, but okay. I wanted to ask you what else you have going on. Because this I could talk X's and O's all day. That's fascinating Love to it. me. But, but what else do you got going on? So, uh, so recently um, I'm working with a couple people to, to uh, create a pilot program that I am calling, uh, for now anyway, a school-age mental health mentorship program. Mm-hmm. And what that's going to entail is it's going to start out working with um, fourth and fifth grade age kids, probably at an after-school program like a boys and girls club, mm-hmm. and uh, get these kids to start talking about what some of the things are they admire Human characteristics mm-hmm. that they admire in hopefully themselves yeah. and in other people. Things like just basic trust, right. a- age-appropriate stuff, uh, communicating, talking, but not just not just listening, but sort of empathetic and active listening. Right. And so, getting people to draw out while you're while they're talking, you get them to draw things out. When you're talking, you recruit other people to help listen to you, mm-hmm. and so you kind of build your own home team over time. So by the time you're fourth and fifth graders and you go up through high school and, you know, middle school, then high school, for those years, this is now who you are. So when life comes your way in whatever way that is, it could be bullying, it could be who knows what, Mm -hmm. you have ways and people to go talk things out to and with. And so that's who you are when you leave high school. Instead of what goes on now or what doesn't go on now is you encounter things at various stages of life that you have no way to deal with. Right. So it's kind of building people's, everybody's foundation for as you grow up in life. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. Almost life coach. Well, in a way, in a way. Because if you do the same thing and you do it correctly over and over again, it becomes habit. True enough. Yep, there you go. Absolutely great. Uh, tell uh, Clay we said hello uh, by, by all it. means. And, and so when are you going to make it back uh, into Chicago for another game? You going to check out Eva Flus's debut? Here's yes. Here's typically what I do. I'll go to the Lion. To, excuse me, to the Bears. Uh, sometime in June they have a host a golf tournament, Jay Hilgenberg's Golf Course. Oh yeah, in, uh, where, sure. Just across the border there, and then I'll usually come back for what they call an alumni game. You know, right. um, last year, unfortunately, 
the Lions didn't let me know about their alumni game, which was on the same <laughs> weekend until like two weeks before. Um, and where, so that's typically what I'll do. And But it just turned out that last year, uh, because of the pandemic, uh, the first year the alumni game was canceled, or alumni whatever uh, golf tournament, last year they pushed it back to the to uh, synchronize with the same date as that first uh, preseason game. Right. So I went back to that and yeah. played in the golf tournament. Oh, there you go. So I'll be back there. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they'll be headed in. And who knows, with Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving the division and such, maybe things get wide open sooner rather than later. Well, I don't, I don't think it or matters. Or if not. I don't think it matters. No, yeah. Whatever somebody else does really doesn't matter. Control what you can control is what yeah. you're saying. There yeah. you go. Eric, great to talk to you, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate that. Thanks, Bill. Going to go ahead and take a Stay tuned. We got more live here in L.A. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Thanks, as always. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at uh, Albanese's Roadhouse. Go in and say hi to Joey. Joey's a good guy over there at Albanese's Roadhouse, right there on Blue Mountain Road and uh, right across from Home Depot. Uh, they got bocce ball going on. It's starting to warm up, too. From what I hear, back in Milwaukee, back in Wisconsin, that it's starting to warm up a little bit. I was looking at the forecast today because I wanted to see what it's flying back into. I know that uh, there's some rain going on, and then it's going to get cold over the weekend, and then next week it starts to warm back up. So if you're going to play a little bocce ball as the uh, grass starts to become visible, our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse, they have that for you. So stop in and uh, say hi to Joey for us. He's, you know what, through all the pandemic and everything, whether it's State Fair Park when they do everything at State Fair or just the restaurant itself, I know he struggled like everybody else has, but they have held it together with uh, family and friends and go in and support Joey. He's good people, too. Also, speaking of good people, Dan Della and the gang over at this Social House, H-A-U-S, by the way, and right there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And uh, Dan's uh, such a great guy and works his ass off and is trying to make something of that place and uh, continues to build it, continues to expand it, and make it bigger and better. And uh, it's it's great that, uh, it's great that uh, he's done extremely well also. So... Uh, thanks to those guys uh, as well. So uh, when you got Dan Della and uh, Joey Albanese and everybody else, uh, you got good people around you and real, real good sponsors. Uh, we're back, and we are broadcasting live. We are inside the L.A. Uh, LA Convention Center. And uh, joining us now is uh, our good friends, longtime friends, by the way, uh, uh, BJ and Mike. And B- by the way, guys, uh, let me turn your mics on here real quick. Yeah. So um, how you guys been, by the way? How did the game go the other night for the uh, the, the veterans and the disabled veterans? You know, really good. it was a great game. We had Snoop special stars out there, so we had these yeah. city kids with the special needs that he's developed this flag football league yeah. for. They just got to be cool, right? Oh, man. And these <laughs> to be kids, in a Snoop, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have Snoop attack to you, right? They, right? they are all really cool. And the joy they had in the, in, the, in the watch, we had probably, what, 40, 50 NFL alums mm-hmm. out there. And you could just see those guys, like, 
these kids were catching passes from Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer. Really? You had uh, Ryan Leaf and Jerry Garcia and Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was out there. He was he was okay. Kenny Maine. Yeah, he was, he was okay. Because Ryan Leaf came in the league and went nuts. <laughs> he did. You know, he did. He did miss Michael. He threw it to the right side of Michael, and as you know, Mike doesn't what? have an arm on the right side. Right? You couldn't yeah. touch it with your chin. And what the hell's kept, wrong with you? I know you, man. Tried. I tried he to bite. Where's your dog at? Where's your yeah. dog at? He's right here on the side. Okay. Erica's yeah. okay. my dog. Okay. Yeah. So it was great. And uh, we're going to grow it. This Stars and Stripes Tribute Bowl, Bowl is a way we can bring veterans and NFL alums together in these communities and, and, and work together to solve some of these problems and have some fun. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what Sierra Delta is about. It's open to all veterans, um, all types of dogs, and we're just – it's a wellness program. We uh, actually have a sponsor in Wisconsin that does um – that works with it's called the Canine Service Dog Academy. Okay, and they they raise funds twenty five thousand yeah. dollars a dog to be able to become. Yeah, the average a, a, cost is is thirty five grand. But yeah, the thing is, is that we are finding more efficiencies because that's like what everybody's focused on is these medical assistance service dogs, right? And that's the thirty five forty five thousand dollars in the veteran community. Ninety nine point five percent of us don't need that dog. Yeah. We need more of what we call life buddy, and that's everything else. Right. right? And we're, we're bringing it around connecting not only veterans to each other, but veterans to other civilians that also love dogs. I mean, 70% of American households have a dog yeah. in it. So let's find that common ground where we can start building bridges here's, and then bring wellness to these veterans. Here's my question for you, okay, because mm-hmm. you both have seen so much, okay, and been through so much. Um, because I just lost my two dogs. Yeah, and you talk about a life buddy, and and those dogs had seen me through everything—divorces, yes, right. homes, mm-hmm. you know, my dad passing, my mom passing. I mean, you go through the whole list, you know. Right. Yeah. So, the one thing you never understand when you get a dog is usually you will outlive a dog. Mm-hmm. So, with what you've gone through, and you're talking about therapeutically, your life friend, the whole thing, and I get it because you know I still walk into the house and I look off to my right, right. when I walk in the door, and yeah, I don't I see Alma there. So, my question is. What is the effect when your life buddy passes? You know, it's, 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 it's a struggle. So my story is, in my darkest moment in 2006, you know, I was really desperate and almost did the worst possible thing a human can do, even right. though I've got right. a great family and that. And it was Dozer. He was uh, untrained, uh, you know, nothing special about him, a bottom off Craigslist. And uh, he was an old English bulldog. No real yeah. talent, so he gets slobber in places you thought was physically impossible right. to slobber into the <laughs> right. clear room with the farts, right? And but I knew, even though I had great family and great friends, nobody liked Dozer. He was my dog. Like he did right. what he wanted to do. One of the great things is that he understood when I was having phantom pains and would climb up and get on my leg, and yeah. that was the best medicine for it, right? But I knew if I would have checked out, uh, he would end up in a shelter because he's yeah. this big, mean-looking dog. Eventually, get killed. And that was enough for me to pull my own head out of my ass and start putting one foot in front of the other. And that's when I kind of had this epiphany that no matter which foot, whether it was my prosthetic foot or my uh, God-given foot, no matter which foot all my weight was on in that moment, it was going to be the good foot. Wow. And we're going to keep moving forward. That's a great story. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. Right now, the service dog industry is trying to produce Lamborghinis when the majority of the people just need an F-150. Yeah. You know, and and that's what we're doing. Mike, I mean, talk about Zeus because you guys train together. I mean, you go everywhere together. 
That dog's fantastic. Yeah, he's been a star. <laughs> he's been a star. Right? Yeah. He's every day, and that dog loves to get petted by every. And he's not your typical service yeah. dog because most service dogs never leave a side. This dog's like, okay, you good? Okay, I'm going to go get petted now. I'll talk yeah. to you in a bit. And then he comes right Well, he's right also back releasing them. So, right. Yeah. yeah, so. But that's the great, great thing about uh, Zeus is he knows how to turn it on and turn it off. Right. And he knows his commands very well. So I can, I can like, right now he's curled up on the floor next to Erica. So I can... But I can release him to go do that, yeah. but then it's when it's time for him to work, he works, and he knows yeah. the difference. But yeah, like it's like you said, like it's a this is something I didn't expect. Like right. I didn't grow up with any animals or anything like that. Yeah. So the relationship that me and him have is is kind of crazy, actually. Like yeah. you can see, even when he comes to you, he'll turn his back to you, let you pet him all you want, but he'll keep his eyes on me. That absolutely right. Yeah. I've wa- I've watched him walk the walk, work the right. room, and uh, even when the police were over there, oh, yeah. and their dogs go through, he's right. on you, man. That's, oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things that's important to know is the trainers are there to train the person more so than the dog. Right. This what you see Zeus do. It's not like you can mail off your dog and it's going to come back and be Zeus. Mike's got to put in the work every day. Yeah. And what we've done at Sierra Delta is we created an app and we've made a game out of this. So it's fun for vets to continue the training and continue to work with the dog. We know that gives them the great health benefits, reduce stress, right. gets them outside. But the other thing it does is give them that sense of accomplishment, right? And then we give them points on that. And then we're working to build community around not only what you do with your dog, but what you're doing in your community as community service. So if you volunteer at an animal rescue or you volunteer yeah. at a homeless shelter, just post a picture. And then we give you credit for your volunteer. Like, we're not trying to have a bureaucracy and clocking hours and making sure people do stuff. We're trying to bring people together in a reasonable, sustainable way and helping vets find their way in this world through the love of a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and then it's, it's pure. Every vet is available. I live in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. The headquarters of Sierra Delta is in Madison, Wisconsin. Right. It's right there on East Washington. You know, we've got a lot of vets in the Milwaukee area. We've been on TMJ4. That's actually how we got on the Drew Barrymore show is they saw us on yeah. Milwaukee's town. So what we need from people is them to share our story. Yeah. Right? Share we, we have a YouTube channel dedicated outlining all the different vets that are a part of this program, different eras, different service types, different dogs, and how they're getting better just a little bit every day yeah right and having fun right yeah at the end of the day and that's why we have this we took this flag football thing that used to be wounded warrior empty football team and we turned it into stars and stripes and we're, we're letting the nfl alumni get more involved in this right the veterans get more involved in this and we're reaching out to other veteran groups and we're really trying to make this a fun super bowl event but also a community driven event that yeah. we can put out into these other cities and do good works around loving dogs and playing football and trying to figure out ways to make our communities better. Yeah. yeah. How many, um, I know a statistic, at least when I do the ads uh, mm-hmm. for the canine community, they say just in Madison and Milwaukee alone, there's a need for almost 250 dogs. Oh, sure. Right now. Yeah. Do you it, know what the what, what the totality is for, for even if you're going yeah. across the country? So the, in this country, we have 18 million vets. 12 million of the veterans are 55 and older. It's not saying that if you're 55 and older, you're dead. I'm just trying to show you the aging right. of the population. 4 million of that, 12 million is 75 and older. We only have on active and reserve at any given time and has been for the past 15, 18 years, 2 million total in service. So we're shrinking. The estimated need of that 18 million that needs a medical assistance service dog is 150,000. So it's roughly, I think it's like 0.7% of the total population. 
But currently in the United States, you add up all the dog organizations saying they're working for vets, the total output is only 1,000 a year. So that means we're on pace to solve the issue in 150 years. This is ridiculous. That's crazy. And the reason is is that everybody's focused on the very top-end dog, right? Right. And if this is where I saw being a veteran, being a social worker, looking at it, if we address the totality of the situation, we treat that the other 99% of the vets that are getting a life buddy as preventive medicine. And, oh, by the way, we also kill 800,000 healthy, trainable, and adoptable dogs every year in this country. So we have a surplus of dogs. We have a lot of veterans that we know benefit from this uh, team, right? It's reestablishing the fire team for the veterans and giving them a base to work from where they don't have to work on themselves. They can work on their dog. They can work in their community and be a leader again. That's what we – the United States has invested billions of dollars in – us to become leaders, to become trainers, to become improvise and adapt and overcome. And that's what we're doing. This is a strength-based wellness program. This is not a disability program. This is not a welfare program. Mm-hmm. We are going to help you write your own journey, your own yeah. path with whatever dog you have and whatever type of training. We can do fun stuff, too. We can do uh, scent detection. We can do obstacle courses, yeah. frisbees. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be this sarah mclaughlin humane society right. like right. oh my you God. know what yeah. i mean like yeah. <laughs> it's a dog and a person I humans and dogs been working for thirty five thousand years, years. Yeah. <laughs> like this kind is of a not cross between t- bob dylan and sarah yeah, mclaughlin yeah, right. was. i get that but <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. like oh boy all the veterans we don't want to be a charity case yeah you know and what's your favorite government program everybody's like why don't you take this to the government right no. yeah we can do this better if yeah. we do it right and we can help these veterans establish their own brand. Yep. You know, Good stuff, man. Yeah. I, I know I could sit here and talk about it yes, for hours sir. and hours and hours. Love the dog, though. I'll Isn't tell you great? what, man, that's that's fantastic. That's uh, right. Yeah. You yeah. know, and people can help by following Sierra Delta. You can follow. That's like Michael Dream Tracer Smith. Like, he's on the national team. He's the captain of the Paralympic uh, triathlon team. Yeah, the and, USA, and USA team. Sh- ambassador yeah. team. Yeah. And he's shooting to get in Paris in 2024. So you can see... Like, the dog didn't help him do all that, but the dog is helping him on that journey. Right. Right? And the rest of the vets, we're around him to cheer him on. Yeah. Help him out. Hell, he's inspired me to maybe get my chubby butt out there and move <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You're talking more as an athlete than a dog, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> BJ, Mike, it's great to see you guys as always. We love having you guys here on Radio Row and hanging out with you. I yeah, appreciate it so much. Thanks for always having Absolutely. us on. Absolutely. This message. This is what it's going to do. That's how we're so going to So the website, SierraDelta.com. There you go. Go to all the social medias. Go to YouTube and look at our channel. You can see exactly the impact that your donations can make. There you go. Good stuff. We're going to go ahead awesome, and take a guys. quick break. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. Great. Thank you. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Oh, good stuff today. Good, good stuff today. Glad to have you on board. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, uh, Yesterday, uh, before the Cigars with the Stars event, uh, we had the guy that uh, started it years and years and years and years ago with one Mike Ditka. Him and uh, Ron Jaworski put this whole thing together. And yesterday, prior to the event, we had a chance to sit down and, uh, and chat with Jaws just a little bit. Ron Jaworski joined us at the table. Take a listen. 
Josh, how you been, my friend? Is it Super Bowl week? It is? Then I am doing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, okay, there's no way dementia has set in at this point, so at least no, not on us. No, 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 no. It's good to have you, man. I, I'm looking forward to uh, to your soiree, which is always huge. Big night. Tonight. It's been a while since I've seen Mike. So, you know, here's something for you. Mike won the uh, Lombardi Award of Excellence years ago. Wow. I presented it to wow. him. Yeah. Coach Ditka. Coach yeah. Ditka. Yeah. Wow. Of all things. Yeah. And that man gave an unbelievable speech and the respect that he had and how much Hallis had for the Packers and needing the Packers in the National Football League. So they donated that money to keep them, to keep them afloat because otherwise they wouldn't have been and they would have basically wow. folded. That's pretty remarkable. And, it is. And, and Coach is, I mean, he's a remarkable guy. And, and. You know, we've been doing this our 13th year, doing the cigar party. Yes. Together. And it just kind of evolved one day. We're working up at ESPN, and we're having a cigar. We just started talking about what's We both like a cigar now, then. Let's right. do something to Super Bowl. So we started out 13 years ago. Right. We had 150 people. We'll have over 1,000 people tonight at yeah. our cigar party. And you know Coach is dedicated to the Gridiron Greats. That's his charity. Right. And that's for former players that aren't as lucky as the guys, the money they're making now. Right. There are a lot of former players falling on hard times, and Gridiron Greats, helps those guys get through tough days i uh how, how many of those guys because i know like jerry kramer and such those guys would all come yep how many of those guys in today's day and age with covid being what it is pandemic la the whole thing will we see those guys tonight or yes yeah we, oh, we, really we, okay. we, we got a pretty good group of former players hall of famers coming fortunately we, we found a beautiful outdoor venue yeah uh, so you don't have to wear a mask uh, you know food drink cigars okay uh, you know an auction the whole nine yards is it better than the place you had in miami no <laughs> it's great. No, that, that was unreal. No, I, come on, we were out just work. off South Beach in Miami. Oh, was, my yeah, God. Yeah. That place was yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I keep telling Trish, uh, who's uh, my executive director of the Jaws yeah. Playbook, uh, can you find a place like that again? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says, that, that was spectacular. That was. And, and people are much more aware of you know the environment now with COVID and everything else. So we're, yeah. we're very sensitive to doing things the right way. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of doing things the right, right way, we got our guys from Mueller Sports Medicine here again. The right you know, way. Which this, is this is beyond the right way. This is a spectacular you know, We keep product. revisiting because <laughs> we love the quench gum. That's the, that's the reason we love that stuff. That, so real quick, uh, because I know Jaws is a big supporter and also being able to do a lot of these different things here, uh, we wanted to bring you back and get you in with the handy gym and such just because it's become uh, – I see people doing it all over the place. Uh, is there more than one floating around or are people just taking this thing and handing it off to everybody else? There's a few. There's a few. We've okay. we got a lot of them. The handy gym. Yeah, is, right. And if they want to find it, it's on the website. On the website, mulesportmed.com yeah. or amazon.com or handygymfit.com. How'd you get hooked up with this guy? Well, we've been working with Jaws for a few years now. A few years now, yeah. 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 And they always, you know, was this back in Miami when, when it was. we were all together? Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, and Mueller, I mean, they've been around for 60 years. Incredible, innovative right. products. And it seems like every year they come up with something and they say, hey, Jaws, you'll be our pitch fan. Let's go have some fun. This thing is amazing. Yeah. I, you can tell I actually get excited about it. It weighs two pounds. It's, it's right. the smallest gym in the world. This is a yeah. gym. Two pounds, you get 220 pounds of resistance. You get a hell of yeah. a workout with this one piece of equipment. So right. look at yeah. them guns. Right. Look at them guns. <laughs> I know. That's from lighting a cigar. Don't tell yeah. me. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, right. You're <laughs> you I'm trying to help my golf game, too. But so I, I'll keep I, was, I was telling him yesterday, I said, uh, I said, I have, in the beginning, back in the day, back in 85 when I was at Ohio State, I have lost more leg hair from taking Miller tape off of my legs. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those days? You are not alone, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so give me your give me your thoughts on this game and these two teams that are involved. Obviously, there's there's legacy with Matthew 
Matthew Stafford. There's the making of history with Joe Burrow. Give me, give me who you like and why. Yeah, I, I, I kind of look for high score game number one, and I think that's because of the coaches. I mean, both these coaches are pedal to the metal play callers. You know, they're not going to dink and dunk you. They go for the jugular. If they think you're going to get a blitz, they got audibles built in. Say, we're not going to check it down and throw a screen pass. Hey, we're going to, we're going to pick it up right. and we're going to go down the field. So when you have coaches with that kind of mentality, you're going to get an aggressive, high scoring game. And both quarterbacks playing at a very high level. But, again, with that aggressive game, the interceptions will be the key. And, 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 you know, I love talking about stats, but sometimes we're inundated with stats. Next Gen, PFF, we got all stats coming out of the wazoo. To me, there's one stat that has been consistent in the game forever. That is turning the football over. Right. When you take care of the football, plus one or better, you win 80% of the time. When you don't take care of the football, minus one or better, consequently, you lose 80% of the time. Yeah. So both these quarters ha- quarterbacks have a little gunslinger mentality, but they got to be careful because right. the turnovers will be the determining factor. I, uh, I wanted to ask you, coming out of the end of the season, uh, obviously I work in Green Bay and work with the Pack, and uh, it, it was disappointing to say the very least because we felt that this team was ready to go. You weren't alone. Yeah. Or you right? weren't alone. Uh, the betting world thought oh, so, you, too. You weren't alone. I did not think the Niners could go in there and beat the Packers. Yeah, did I, not think it would happen. The The – Rodgers goes into the playoffs, gets beat by Kurt Warner, his very first playoff attempt. After that, goes on the run, wins a Super Bowl. You think it's going to be somewhat easy to get back. You know how hard it is yeah. not to. But since then, it has been a struggle to get either past an NFC championship. Now, I, I understand there's a couple of games they should have never gotten to without Aaron Rodgers. Yep. But suddenly, you walk around here and you start to talk about this, and they say, well, you know what? He's not the guy that's going to get you there anymore. He's going to be a lot of a regular season statistics. Do you think Rodgers has... That postseason now, that cap where he struggled. The last two games specifically, he struggled mightily. Is, is it just, you can't just blame it on age because the guy had an MVP season. No, he had an MVP season. I think he still has a skill set that's as, as, as good as anyone. Uh, you know, I, But he did lose last two championship games at Lambeau Field. Yeah. And, you know, you lose to Tampa Bay and then you lose, lose this year to San Francisco. In the There's, snow, in those the were ba- Those were you know, set up for Green Bay wins. Yeah. You know, and he did not play well in those games. But uh, I think through the years I've gotten to know of Aaron Rodgers so well, he's got to be really ticked off about this loss. They were the better football team. Right. They were the better. And a year ago, I thought Tampa was on a roll a little bit, and they, they had a chance to win up in Green Bay. I did not think the 49ers did. Right. And, and, you know, especially when, you know, Green Bay jumps out 7 nothing. you kind of think, oh, they're just going to snowball this game. It, they didn't. Yeah. But I think Aaron Rodgers has to be so upset that he's not going to walk away from this. He's going to say, you know, I, I'm not leaving Green Bay so we can get back to the Super Bowl, hoist right. that Vince Lombardi trophy again. That's my personal feeling. I don't think he's going to walk out on Green Bay. You know, there's a little diva in, 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 in him. We all we all get right. it. That's no big deal. You know, the guy can play quarterback as well as anyone. I There you go. That is uh, Ron Jaworski. Uh, the conversation that we had and the rest of it you can hear over on the podcast coming up after the program as well. When we step back, going to talk to uh, Bears running back. Man, I'm not kidding. We go from uh, an older Bears quarterback to a younger Bears running back, Khalil Herbert, joining us here on Radio Row. Coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think 
Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live. We are in L.A. inside the convention center, better known as Radio Row this week, where the NFL puts on its biggest party and gets you ready for Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals coming up on Sunday. A guy that uh, in the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Madison, Green Bay, all of our different affiliates, Eau Claire and such, lacrosse. They know this guy, uh, Khalil Herbert, who is uh, the running back for the Chicago Bears, took one back to the house against the Green Bay Packers, as a matter of fact. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? We're doing well. Um, let me start out by asking you, the, uh, the, the th- when you get a chance to play at Lambeau and, and to take on that Packers and be instill- instilled in that rivalry, or even, let's say, Chicago, even down at Soldier Field, what is that like when you come up as a young guy and you have to learn how to hate somebody in a, in a rivalry? Um, it's they, they instilled to us all week, so uh, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting because you know it's a new rivalry you're taking part in, but just learning all the history that's that's happened between the two teams and the fans and how they hate each other, and um, it's interesting. And you take it in and you learn about it. So, what uh, what was it uh, the thought inside that locker room when Rogers did the belt and said, "I own you" to the fans? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, clean. I didn't know he did that <laughs> until uh, the following week when I did media. But, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember really. Were the coaches saying anything about it the next time you faced the Packers? Or was that something that was brought up a lot? Um, I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> You're just trying to take it I think it all we're out. trying to forget that. Yeah. Forget that. Um, you, you come into the league. You've got Justin Fields, uh, obviously your new quarterback. Um, how different, uh, first of all, in college, you went to do two different colleges. You went to Kansas and West Virginia, right? Virginia Tech. Or Virginia Tech, I'm sorry. Virginia Tech. So you had to learn two new systems, two new coaching staffs. How difficult was this then coming into the NFL? Because you've got three coaching staffs in literally like five years, four years. Um, I feel like just being able to learn from Kansas to VT and then even at the Senior Bowl, um, I think learning all those different offenses and different schemes and just talking with a bunch of different coaches has allowed me to adapt and, and learn fast. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what the coaches put together so, I'm, so I can start learning and, you know, start retaining information. But And now you got another one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it'll be fun. You know, I, I look at it as, as a challenge, and I love challenges. So just learning different offenses and learning different concepts, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. When you come in as uh, a rookie, Usually you've had a pretty solid career in college, and you're used to winning somewhat, uh, and then you come in and you have to struggle in the pros. You know, you kind of, I don't want to say kind of earn your stripes, but, you you know, it's a team that struggled. Yeah. So how difficult is that mentally to absorb and say, look, I, it's, what do you focus on, just your own job? No, it's it's definitely mentally hard. Um, you know, losing, it, it's never, it never feels good, and a lot of guys hate it. I hate it myself. Um, so it's it's something that you got to learn to overcome. You got to learn to learn from, um, and you know it takes a toll on you. And you don't want You don't want to keep losing. So um, just mentally, you have to focus on. You know how can we get better this week? How can we get better today? Right. Um, just to get better um, for the long run. So um, give give me your thoughts. You know you obviously play Soldier Field, a very historic place. Um, when you get a chance to come out of the tunnel first time down there, oh, it was crazy. Um, it's a moment I'll never forget. Uh, it's just. The fans there are crazy. Um, you know, they always show out and show, show support, so I love it. What's the biggest city you lived in before this? Well, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So with a bunch of old people. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's a bunch of young people down there. You, you're thinking about Naples. Naples okay. There, but nah. 
Yeah, Fort Lauderdale's a nice place, though. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's not the same upward rise as Chicago. So you live north of the city, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, if I drive 20 minutes south, I'm in Miami. Right. So it's about the same thing. Yeah, not a bad place to hang out. Yeah. Climate's a little different, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. way different. <laughs> Sites are a little more different. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get into the league, what what's a, one of the first thoughts? You call, you know, all the friends, all the neighbors, hey, everybody, big party, my house, first game, that kind of thing. Or, well, I mean, because is, is a rookie somebody that's brought into the league and you, you know, have some expectations, you know, obviously. And then because of injury, you got a chance to see some playing time. So what what is the, the one of the first things you begin to do, you begin to think of when all of this, all of this starts to culminate? First thing I did was change my phone number. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But um, really just locking on my craft, um, you know, learn my plays, learn everything I do so I could get on the field as soon as possible. Um, you know, my family knows what, it, how, how much of a worker I am, so they let me do my thing. Uh, but really just perfecting on my craft, working on my craft, and trying to learn as much as I can to get on the field. Who, what advice have you gotten? I mean, who was, who's kind of taking you under their wing as a mentor? I say all the running backs, really. Like everybody, David, D-Will, Tariq, um, even Ryan. Just learning from those guys, you know, they've been there for a couple of years, so they, they've experienced a lot of things that I've been going through. But just learning, you know, everything on the field, how to take care of my body, how to get ready to be a starter for a game because, you know, I got thrown into the starting role right. unexpectedly. Um, you know, how to deal with family stuff off the field, just a lot of different things. Um, and they tell me stories and examples of a thousand different things that I haven't went through that they've been through. So just learning, uh, learning from them. Talking with Khalil Herbert, uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, have you always been a returner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I always did return. So it's it's nothing new. It's not, you know, because no. sometimes they just look for a fast guy who's got <laughs> decent hands back there. Yeah. They don't care who's back there. But so it, when when you see the open field, you don't know. You, you can sometimes hear guys behind you, you know. But when you see open field, it's there's you always wonder, do I have an afterburner that's going to beat this guy? Mm-hmm. Or is this guy going to drag me down from behind? Because I know that I've talked to other returners that have said, you know, one thing you don't want to do is get kind of clipped in the back of the foot yeah. and then kind of hit your feet together. Because you can, you can hurt yourself yeah. doing that. So do, is that any of that in your mind, or is it just wheels up, man? Um, most of the time it's just wheels up. I, I kind of have a sense if somebody's near me to start picking up my knees. I don't It's running back stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But. Let uh, teach most, you that. Yeah. Most of the time it's just I'm, I'm running. Um, and if I feel like somebody's behind me, I'll pick up my knees. But um, I'm, I'm trying. What'd you time out at? Uh, four, four, four. Four. Well, man. Well, there you go. So who, who is? Uh, is there anybody else on your team that's four, four, four catchable? Um, Not many guys. Justin, Tariq. Justin uh, can. Justin ran four, four, four. Oh wow. Yeah. Man. Uh, I don't know. We got a lot of fast guys. Yeah. So. Pretty good stuff. Well, I know you got to run. I wanted to say hi to you. Glad you stopped by for a couple of minutes. And they're going to they're going to take you around and drag you all over this place. So and you just got into town. What yesterday? Yeah, last night. Last night. Okay. From uh, you got out of Chicago and then you're going to go back to a little bit colder weather. No, I'm going to go back to Florida. <laughs> well, you're not back stupid. To some there you go. Good to talk to you, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for having. Me. There you go. That is Khalil Herbert uh, joining us for a couple of minutes here at the table, and he is off to other things. But uh, for those of you watching and listening on the Bud Light live stream, we certainly appreciate it. This portion of the program is brought to you by our friends over there at Pindell, a machining company right in the state of Wisconsin, right in New Berlin, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. And uh, they are looking for hires right now. So if you're looking to make good money, if you're looking to be trained, if you're maybe looking to one day to start your own business, get a hold of our friends at Pindell. P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. That is Pindell. 
Com. Also, I want to say hi to our friends at Road, Track, and Trail. This time of year, you might be looking for a good deal on a sled, maybe getting ready for the summer with a side-by-side, UTV, ATV, whatever it happens to be. Road, Track, and Trail, they are not only Wisconsin or the United States, but the world's largest provider of sport, ve- uh, sport vehicles, and they're based right there in Big Bend, Wisconsin. Go to Road, Track, and Trail. Dot com. That is roadtrackandtrail.com. I also want to say hi to our friends Joe and Ellen Hennis at Smoke on the Water. Go out there uh, in Okachi Lake. Check them out. Uh, our buddy Rick Pomeroy, I just saw, is going to be playing out there, coming up here at the end of the month. And uh, we'll go out and see him. Go out and see my buddy Rick play at uh, the social, or uh, excuse me, out at uh, Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake. Stop in and see them. we got a, another hour of the program yet to go. Ben, what do we have coming up? Do you know off the top of your head or are we just kind of winging it at this point? Uh, Cooper Rush definitely coming up at the top. Yes, and then, I don't know Cooper after Rush that. at the top. We got Darren Ravel, Kicks Brooks, Ryan Griffin. We've got Brian Griffin. We've got uh, Bill Romanowski. Uh, we we've got coming up. We got uh, Ashke uh, Kahan uh, from StubHub. He's the guy that gave us the update on the tickets. By the way, I saw those guys last night. The price of the ticket came down. It's now just about thirty eight thirty eight hundred bucks. But they're saying in the next 48 hours, it's going to go back up because the people, the money people in L.A. are going to uh, most likely say, okay, yeah, maybe I want to go to the game. And that money's going to start to come in now that the price has dipped a little bit. So the demand is going to start to increase. So if you've been thinking about getting tickets, I think this is it. This is where it's going to be. Got a lot more to come. Hang in there. We got a lot more. Another hour of the Bill Michael. We've been flying today. Another hour of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.